Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential here at earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, welcome in, Chris Anderson. Chris, we talked barely about COVID-19 last time, any planning or consequences, whatever, and I thought if I squeeze my eyes tightly, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Perhaps we we're going to be talking more and more about football and less and less about the things that may derail us from those conversations or even a season. Here we are today. We're going to have to have a specific, awkward, somewhat rehearsed conversation, and I don't see any way around it. Um, this is kind of the environment that we live in. We talked about this again and again and again in this podcast about how players have the they have the microphone, they have the platform right now, and if they see something that they don't agree with, they know they can speak up right now. And the latest episode here, indelibly, at West Virginia University, a pretty wild Tuesday afternoon for the Mountaineers. Yeah, I was um, I was kicking my feet up, ready to relax for the afternoon and enjoy some nice weather. And, and then phone went kind of nuts. Actually, when I first kicked up my feet, I back in simpler times, I got a text from you that said, boy, what are we going to talk about on the podcast today? What are we? There's not much to talk about. And uh, an hour later, there is a lot to talk about and, and stuff that uh, for those who are frequenters of our message board um some topics that i said you know tried to clean up tried to keep off the board and said you know let's keep it out of here unless it directly intersects with wvu athletics and um they collided in a big way on tuesday that that is for sure and, and like you said it's a conversation uh i feel feel like if you can't if you're listening and you can't tell from the way I'm, I'm stuttering and stammering here it's not a conversation that I am looking forward to having but it's one we, we, we must have it's being thrust upon us so um let's begin Mike I'm gonna put a check on my notes there I don't want to come back to that but let's set the table for a second here uh, sophomore safety Kerry Martin used Twitter to allege that defensive coordinator Vic Koenig had said and done some things that were particularly insensitive with regard to language, actions, um, words he used, intent that he may have presented. The word racist is used. Um, I don't think he ever directly calls Koenig a racist, but he says that he has been subject to racism and he never thought it would happen at West Virginia. Um, he lists a number of incidents that range from the lower end of the spectrum as far as the level of concern to a much more heightened level of concern. And as we are talking here, Chris, it's three fifty-seven on Tuesday afternoon, no such announcement from the university or response from anybody in the football program. I can give you some color on that in a minute to explain where things are at as we're talking as is custom. When you and I do these night before podcast, this is probably going to change. So we are intentionally going to steer clear of some stuff such as, for example, will or should be, um, will or should Koenig be fired? Not my interest. It's my job to report that. It's not my job to, you know, make up anybody's mind on that in a situation like this. So I don't think we're going to date ourselves too much on this. And truthfully, by the time this comes out, there could be some sort of response to the university, but it's not going to um, affect the facts here, so to speak, um, of what has happened, as well as some of the interpretation that many, many people have provided right now, because this is this point in our lives and this point in our sports coverage 
sports participation, social coverage, social participation. There's emerging right now an intersection of these two interests all at once. And here we are. And again, we talked about this a bunch. It's happened recently. It's happening again. It just happens to have occurred now in West Virginia. And as you said, um, this is not a great conversation to have. I think the fact that people don't want to have these conversations, not just this on a podcast, but just these in general, are why some of these frustrations and ultimately problems exist. So the only way out of the woods is to march through it. So we're going to try to do that here as responsibly as we can. And with, um, I think, the most understanding or, or highest level of sympathy for everybody involved here, which is going to be a really tricky thing, because truth be told, we don't know what we don't know right now, which is important. What we do know could be molded or manipulated in a number of ways. But where do we begin, Chris? Oh, boy. Um, let's reiterate that- the fact that we don't know. Let's start there, because... All of these things, there are a lot of people in the room that were in the room for these conversations. Uh, According to Martin's allegations, uh, these were not one-on-one conversations. These were not one-on-one situations that only it's going to be a he said, he said, he said situation. This is going to be something that the school can and will, uh, maybe already are, as we're recording this, kind of investigate and talk to witnesses. Because according to Martin... Some of these instances, many of these instances, involve other players, other staffers, other coaches have been involved, uh, his high school coaches. Uh, so it's we're going to get, I believe we're going to get a clearer picture. More people are going, more people with more knowledge are going to share information that will help um, kind of mold what West Virginia does next. And right now, me uh, and you, you and I, I don't believe, uh, are any of those people. So I just want to reiterate that we're just kind of taking it at face value with what we know. We do know a little bit more than what's been put out there just in those tweets, but it's a it's a delicate situation. Just want to reiterate that. So let's unravel the, um, the two tweets, a couple of screenshots from, uh, I believe it's the Notes app perhaps on his iPhone. Keep that in mind. This is how people communicate these days. But it goes back to first mentioning uh, an incident with Tariq Pitts, a former safety who left West Virginia and was immediately eligible at Marshall. Goes to a situation where Koenig visited his high school coach and the high school coach relayed that it was his impression that Koenig was a, quote, slave master. Goes on to uh, a derogatory term that Koenig was alleged to have used of Martin. Um, in response to a mistake that Martin made in practice, and Martin had a, a personal experience with that and some some family members that he took offense to that. Um, another comment um, after a walkthrough where Koenig allegedly said, everybody get in the house and upstairs to the meeting. And Martin's interpretation there was that the players were being treated as property. Goes on to a later incident where Koenig allegedly said that President Trump should build the wall and keep the Hispanics out of the country. And then some more religious experiences where Martin says that he had actually had a religious conversion and that Koenig provided uh, a Bible, some scriptures, a book to try to turn him or at least make him reconsider or consider Christianity. And I guess the straw that broke Martin's back here, so to speak, where it was just too much for him to bear anymore was on Monday 
where Koenig allegedly said that if people don't want to get tear gassed or pushed back by the police, then they shouldn't be outside protesting. If you paid any attention to the news lately, athletes at West Virginia, around the country, around the world, have been protesting and have been outspoken about um, racial and police injustice. And um, that's probably going to be an especially sensitive issue here. It's a lot. Um, it's a number of instances that range from language to opinions, politics, society, um, and just a general sensitivity and sensitivity and a personal interpretation of everything there, too. It's broad. It's obviously built up over a long, long time. What are we talking about here? This is a big deal. I think the argument is going to be how big of a deal is this? Yeah, and I think that's where the other people's input, the other witnesses that will be there, because uh, the the comments about the Hispanics in the wall were allegedly said during a team meeting. Uh, so other players will be there. Um, the other with a Hispanic will, person in the room, correct. And the other part about uh, the protesters and the tear gassing and everything that was also apparently in a team meeting with a graduate assistant coach becoming involved in the situation, which. Um, uh, Martin shared that conversation by text with screenshots on social media as well in the second tweet. Um, <laughs> and so those situations will get clearer, but I, I it, it's like you said, it's, it's a lot to unpack, uh, unpack. And for me personally, I feel like we just have a wide range. You're getting a lot of different responses from people you're seeing on, on Twitter and on the message board because of these different incidents, there seems to be a wide range of, of what they are or how uh, bad, I guess, you want to interpret them. Because for me, something like the comment about go inside and go upstairs in the meeting, I, I don't think much of it. And as, you know, as a white man, maybe I don't understand. It doesn't have the same impact on me. Maybe it means something different. But I don't get that one. The uh, derogatory term... Uh, for those uh, unaware, mentally, I don't think mentally retarded, but called him retarded. That's obviously wildly insensitive. And then you get to the other stuff. I, I just, for me personally, I don't think, uh, I don't believe a person of an authority, a person like a coach, should be pushing on players their religion and and making decisions and making comments like that or or that kind of stuff. And and if you are, again, it's not a First Amendment thing. You're going to make those, and you got to be ready for the consequences. And, and these are the consequences in this situation, and, and you have to deal with them. Um, and so it's a lot to unpack. It's like, which which one are you going to look at first, most? Which, do, some, do you have to take them all into account? Like, is this a uh, – what's the, the, the legal term here, Mike? Aren't you a semi-lawyer on the side? Something like that. I've been in a courtroom, yes. <laughs> um, it, so, guys, I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious how West Virginia handles it because I'm not sure any one comment is enough, again, to be like, hey, let's fire and let's not go down that path. But West Virginia's going to have to address it. And Neil Brown's going to meet with the media on Wednesday. Uh, we got that notice an hour or so before Kerry Martin went public. 
So not to take us down another path, but was that a preemptive thing? It's a great question. It has not yet been canceled again. As of right now, it's um, just after four o'clock here. It has not been canceled. Um, was it preemptive? It is a bit out of the blue. Um, it's also not quite the end of the workout period. So it's not like they're wrapping up the workouts. It's not the beginning of the mandatory workout period. They don't have more coronavirus positive test results. I'm not sure. Um, it's also at a time that he hasn't normally done this before. It's generally been 11 a.m. That's been their, their standard time for all the coaches. The last time we had a conversation like this was Shane Lyons and his 9 a.m. on Friday, I believe it was, or maybe it was 2 p.m. on Friday, whatever that was, it, um, that a, they ended up cutting salaries, furloughing employees, getting rid of some positions. So who knows? Um, this will have to be addressed, and that would be an environment for that, which would mean, getting back to here, that they knew this was coming and that Martin went as high as he could, as far as he could, if this Brown video conference on Wednesday afternoon is somehow related to that. I have not received any type of cooperation that one is attached to the other. Um, certainly it's possible. Going back to your argument here, I believe that the length of evidence that Martin has presented is too tightly bound to the strength of evidence. What I mean by that is you could rank, as I said, um, from small level of concern to much more heightened level of concern the instances there. Um, if just the ones that are the most concerning are mentioned and the other ones are not, does that change your response to anything? Because if the most offensive things still occur, are they watered down because less offensive things are used side by side? I don't think that exists. Um, so picking apart the argument because it's long and includes more material, I don't think takes away from the strongest parts of his argument, the most vivid examples where he could have been offended. He could have felt the sting of insensitivity. He could have felt that a person who should know better did not exhibit better. Um, I don't want to see those two tied together. I don't think that some of them are necessarily um, the worst things that could happen. Doesn't make them right. And more importantly, it doesn't make the worst things that allegedly did happen any less right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the issue then is why Twitter? And this is a problem that a lot of people have. And I don't think a lot of those people have come around to understand where we are right now, too. Um, was this the best way? I think some would argue yes, and some would argue no. Was it the only way? I don't think it was the only way, but I don't think it's the only way that Martin tried. He says that he went to Neil Brown at least once. Um, he also spoke up in the meeting, he says, right away on Monday when Koenig allegedly said something about the protest, and I use the word allegedly, but as far as we know, those Zoom meetings are recorded because the players miss it, or if they want to revisit it, or if they want to share the footage with recruits, it's all recorded. They can use that to get people up to speed, so perhaps that's not the intent of the record button, but it's very easy to go back and see if that did happen. Um, but anyways... Went to his head coach, spoke up to his defensive coordinator, had a conversation to the side with the graduate assistant, and a day later didn't feel like enough had been done to rectify what he thought had been done wrong. And he uses Twitter, and I have a hard time blaming him for that because it's 2020. They're young adults. This is how they communicate, and you can't tell me it's not effective. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay. Um, sorry. I want to touch on that, and I also have some breaking news. Uh, I'll let you read it while I'm talking here in a second from our good friend of the program, Tom Bragg. Check his Twitter while I'm talking, Mike, because um, we got something else to talk about here um, and the responses to it. But uh, you caught me here. Now I, now I forgot where I was going. Twitter. Yes, the Twitter. So I guess I'll just jump right to that. To the, Oh, no, no, no. About the Twitter thing. Going to Twitter. And you may remember, for our listeners, you may remember me on this very podcast a week ago discussing the Mike Gundy and Shuba Hubbard situation and saying I didn't like it because Hubbard just went straight to Twitter and – there's a key distinction to be made here. And no, the distinction is not, uh, this is a WVU guy, you're a homer. No, it's not it. it. Is that all indications were that Hubbard took his concerns straight to Twitter, bypassed the conversation, any kind of mediation, straight to Twitter. If we're to believe what Martin has said in his tweets about how everything went down, and I have, again, not in the room, I don't know, I'm going to assume it's true at this point, but or at least partially true, or how he views it as true, is that he went to Neil Brown, he says. He says he had meetings with him. We have seen conversations between him and a graduate assistant, and he said he's spoken with uh, Vic Koning. So, again, if you can't get through there and then you go to Twitter, that's different for me, and that is fine. Because if they're not listening, if you have taken this to the people and uh, to the higher-ups, to the appropriate – uh, not authorities, but your coaches, the people who are responsible for the program and, and it's nothing's being done or your voice is not being heard. I have no issue with you then turning to social media like Carrie Martin did. Um, Mike, you all caught up on what I, I witnessed or read while you were talking just a second ago. I really wish we had said, read this before we started. Um, <laughs> but yes, Tom, We've had Tom on the podcast before. He's very plugged in, very cordial with the coaches down there in that part of the state. He covered the high school beat for a long time and was in contact regularly. He knows uh, Capitol High football coach John Carpenter. He is the one who Martin alleges called um, called Koenig a, a slave, had a slave owner mentality. Um, 
that is highly disputed right now. Carpenter says that that never happened. Uh, he is shocked by the allegation. And if he knew that this was going on, if he knew this was coming from Martin, he would have been up there throwing rocks through windows that, as far as he knows, Koenig has um, called five or six times to make sure that Martin's okay and is being fed during the pandemic. Can't believe it. Doesn't want to believe it. Shocked, I think, is the word that he uses. And then quickly, Kerry Martin fires back and says that his side of the story is 100% true. Coach Vic did visit me in Charleston to bring me food. And as I said in my essential post, he has done good by me, and he is not a bad person, but his thoughts and beliefs are misled. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, he says that it actually happened, um, that he had the conversation with his high school coach, and that the high school coach told him that um, slave owner, slave mentality was, was the word used. But, yes, he does agree that does agree that Koenig is a good person and has watched out for him. Um it does not solve anything here. It probably weakens Martin's argument a little bit, which he also did on Twitter, perhaps later in the day um, after his initial argument by saying that um, he's not going to talk anymore about this. He's not doing interviews. Um, it wasn't a personal thing. It was just something he had to take care of. It kind of stops being a personal thing. You make it as publicly as he did. But uh, another development here too. And perhaps this is where, um, it's a tug of war right now, and this is perhaps where the ribbon in the middle starts to go toward one side when you start to do some reporting and some digging, and you start to get some anecdotes and some evidence out there that kind of leads you one way or the other. Yeah, like we said, it's going to be difficult, and the very first thing we said on this podcast was it's going to be important to hear what the other people involved have to say because almost every incident that uh, Carrie Martin mentioned involved witnesses, involved other people, uh, involved third parties. And this is the first of those third parties to kind of speak out on this. Although we, well, technically not, because I guess we have seen, although however we're reading into this would be our interpretation, because I don't believe any of them have actually said it, but we've seen the other players retweet Kerry Martin, show their support for him. I haven't uh, seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe if you have a player specifically say, uh, you know, that, yeah, that that's, I think, the same things, but more just I'm supporting you and and we're here for you. So, again, it's, it's a delicate situation. And just a reminder that everybody needs to kind of just let it play out. I, I believe that West Virginia is going to look into this and find the right answers and, and talk to all the people involved. And as you mentioned, the Zoom meetings will be recorded uh, or should be recorded so they can check back on that to see what was said and how it was handled. Um but this is going to be an evolving situation over the next at least 24 to 48 hours, if not longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a number of likes and retweets from players, um, emojis as well about you know fists and salutes and things like that from players. Um, it's probably locker room mentality. That's one of your guys. And the tricky part here, though, is that Martin had also retweeted calls for Koenig to be fired and that's where things get heavy it's one thing for a Juba Hubbard to come out and say that things have to change and to evidently go into meetings with ideas and things that he did want change or concerns he had or things that he wanted worked on um, I don't know the depth of Martin's detail or concern here when it comes to this situation but you, you do see a different tack there but going back to Hubbard and Mike Gundy that happened on Twitter and 
if you say something to the effect of there's a better way to have the conversation to have it on Twitter, I'm not going to disagree with you in your, your, in your point there. The substance, though, is where you can kind of negotiate your point because Gary Martin wants to have the conversation, and he tried to have the conversation, and he lit a stick of dynamite and threw it out there. But look at the attention it's gotten. Um, has it caused a conversation? It will. It absolutely will. This is going to be resolved somehow with these two meeting, whether over Zoom or in person. Or over the phone, I guess, old-fashioned. <laughs> and I guarantee you there are people who are watching Twitter and are looking at what players are saying or retweeting, are looking at what you know other national writers or local writers are saying, what are recruits saying. Um, that conversation is happening. It may not be in the traditional constructs of a conversation where it's face-to-face, mano-a-mano. People are talking about it, and it's shaping and forming a thought, a response, a plan, a strategy for West Virginia here. It's at least something that they're keeping in mind. Um, and again, if you look at what happened, passes prologue, Hubbard went after Oklahoma State and Gundy on Twitter. And what happened? They used Twitter a couple times to put out videos and to discuss the situation. You have to get on board with this stuff now. You don't like it. It doesn't make you comfortable. Um, tough, because these are the people who have the power right now, and you're going to have to speak on their level. And this is the way you do it now. So, um, yeah, he, he went an unconventional route. It's unconventional because Twitter is about 13 years old. It's not the way you would do things. Um, these problems are much older than Twitter. I think that this generation of student athletes or even pro athletes, they are much more comfortable on social media making their points and rallying support because their allies in this fight are populating the same spaces. It's not only the best way to do it, it might be the only way for them to do it including and especially if you've tried the more conventional routes and you've gone to your coach or you've spoken up in a meeting when you feel like you're an agreed party because of what somebody said. I don't know what the other way around us is except to just wrap our heads around it. This is, this is, it, it's partly uncomfortable because again, we don't know where it's going and there's going to be answers. Um, what other, where else do you want to go with this, Mike? Is there, is there some other angle that we're, we haven't covered yet? Well, we covered Carpenter. Um, uh-huh. Didn't want to mention by name because I feel like he was unfairly dragged into this. And he is defending his position right now. And Martin's defending his. Martin's saying, nope, what I said is true. Never mind my coach's side of the story. But also, my high school coach is also correct in that Koenig isn't a bad guy, which I did say. I get that. Um Probably the other individual we have to talk about is Derek Pitts, who is curiously included in this. I think he gets unfairly lumped into the number of players he transferred last semester. It was not an academic situation with him. He was immediately eligible at Marshall. Um, you don't get that treatment if you're an academic casualty. You get that treatment if some things happen. Um, we've reported this a little bit before. He did not feel comfortable here with some of the things that we – perhaps know a little bit more about right now because Martin says that um, it was a matter of faith and, you know, to what degree he was allowed to, um, uh, how do we say this right? Um, Practice his faith, express his faith, whatever, just wasn't right for him. It didn't feel good. And he left. These kind of overlap a little bit right now too. And I think sometimes people unfairly associate, um, I think there might be an unfair association with Pitts because of what happened to him when he transferred and when he left and then linking yourself or your situation to him now uh, where there might be more in common there than we thought. 
Yeah, uh, obviously, like you said, at the time when he transferred, the timing of it just happened to be when other members of the program were uh, quote unquote transferring because of being caught in that little bit of a cheating scandal, uh, including Kenny Robinson, fellow safety Kenny Robinson. Um, but Pitts was not part of that, and we reported it at the time. And we said this was just Pitts and the new coaching staff just not being on the same page. They didn't really get along. The relationship was not as strong. Um, and, he, you know, he gave it a couple months. Obviously, this, the staff got there in January. Pitts didn't leave until after spring ball. He kind of wanted to try it out check out those relationships with the coaches and it wasn't just wasn't there. Um, and then, like you said, we hear this, it's, it kind of, I don't want to say it backs up what we heard about pits corroborates, however you want to say it. Uh, but you know, that's, that's two different people, two different sides, two different, um, sources that we've heard kind of the same thing uh, about why pits decided to leave. So it, Makes you raise an eyebrow a little bit, um, but uh, I don't know. I really it's, don't. It's con- it's contextual. I think that's yeah. important too, because you're like, wow, why is he included there? And he does mention it that Koenig was critical of his faith and the things he believed in, and he, the allegation is made Pitts attempt to doubt his religion. Um, that is the implication for Martin after his religious conversion being given books about Christianity, Bible, scriptures, things like that. Um, I can imagine if you witness that, there's a level of objection. If you experience that, it's double, perhaps triple that. Whatever you want to do, it's exponential. At that point, it probably bothered him deeply. Um, And then things like that, again, small things may be small, but when they happen in succession, the next one's bigger. And then your level of resistance and your level of receptive anger going to go up. So now the next thing may be small and it's higher and maybe small and it's higher. And ultimately you end with a manifestation of frustrations like this too. Um, where things stand with the university is interesting. Um, no one had a heads up about this near as I can tell. And quickly, as you would imagine, you know, huddle in meetings and figure out what's our plan here. You know, we need to get a response out and we need to act sooner than later. We're pretty much near the end of business here. It would be classic for a 445 news dump, but since they're not in offices and you know, there's really no need to do anything like that, but um, no idea when things are going to happen or how they're going to happen here. But this is something that I would imagine um, because of the level of allegations with politics and religion and perceived racism that there's a justice wing in the, university president's office on down it, it gets involved there and then um it's it's got to go through a couple of different car washes so it could be some time well maybe by the time they figure that out we could have the simpler podcast discussions like preseason all big 12 football or whatever else we were planning on discussing today before this that, that was our plan today actually excitedly posted because again i was optimistic and i thought i saw the light at the end of the tunnel posted the script the template i guess for all big 12 football big 12 preseason standings and which two players from west virginia will represent the team at the virtual media day listen if you want to get back on the bright side of things right now too uh don't ignore the dark cloud you don't gotta hover under it forever you can step outside a little bit do something fun go make your best possible predictions for the order of finishing the big 12 where do you think 
that West Virginia will end up on the all-conference teams for offense and defense, as well as the other players that you may want to nominate from other teams? And then what two West Virginia players do you think will represent the team for the virtual media day? I don't know the dates on that one. I want to say that the, they're the 21st. So definitely the second day, I believe the 21st there. But um, got a little derailed there. That was going to be our intent. But hey, now we have content for a second podcast. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Hopefully we'll talk about it later this week if we don't have something else to talk about on this topic or from uh, that whole press conference with Neil Brown. Uh, like I said, it, that was announced before Kerry Martin's tweets. So it, it's possible that, you know, we might also get to talk to Neil Brown about other real live football stuff and, and have some other things to discuss as well. Worst case scenario is that the zoom is preceded by a statement and I will have no further comment on the matter. And that Brown does not want to talk about it on the zoom call. Um, my, my initial response to that would be to, kick and scream <laughs> without having seen the press release, whatever, but I don't know how he doesn't discuss this tomorrow. I don't think that's in his character. I think that he's someone who's been pretty open and forward about this. And I, just to put a bow on this, this is a big issue for him, not because they have empowered student athletes to brand and to, and I'm not saying they as in the establishment college sports NCAA West Virginia has empowered athletes to brand themselves and to speak out and to create an identity. I don't know how far Kerry Martin will go down the road with this. Perhaps he becomes more of an activist, um, maybe that is an outcome of this for him is that he has a platform, he sees things he wants changed, and now he has the following and he can do it. Perhaps this is, it's not a flash in the pan for him. Perhaps this is the beginning of something. And the resolution of this particular conflict is compatible for him to do more conscious things like this in the future. Who knows? But he certainly is going to have the push in the right direction to do that because of the fifth quarter program and all the things they have set up there. My point being, Brown has been family program. All are welcome. We're all inclusive. Um, and then also you have these tools to develop yourself as more than a football player and right now you have a whole bunch of um parts aligned up and going in one direction and you have one guy who's standing there and saying it's not like this for me if it turns out the way he doesn't want that's going to be a tough thing for him to resolve right now it'll be a great test of his management skill right now it would be a great test for anybody's management skill right now it just happens to be on his desk that's why he gets paid the big bucks mike that's all I got to say about that because you're right. It's very uncomfortable. It's it's tough to handle. Uh, there's obviously a lot of moving parts. Uh, when you want to be in charge, and and he wants to, and he has earned that right to be there. Uh, these are the things that come, the responsibilities that come with it. So it's it's a tough spot for him, but uh, he has shown so far that that he can handle some tough situations. Meanwhile, four months without putting Oz in your football team. <laughs> That's also happening right now, too. And you're heading into your second year, which I don't know is technically your first year, yada, yada, yada. But, um, yeah, he's earning his 10% lighter paychecks right now. Yes. Right. There's no lawsuits coming here, no retractions. I think we're no. good. No, I don't think we need to edit anything out yet. So. Well, I will keep my ear on um, any events here. I'll be the one who edits the podcast and puts an intro that <laughs> corrects everything that we said during <laughs> these 35 minutes before we start. But uh, apart from that, I think we've handled ourselves well, Chris. Um, no take-backs here. No, no take-backs here either. Let's wrap it up. That's all for this time. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.